You're listening to the Super Talk podcast, produced by the Australian Institute of Superannuation Trustees, shaping profit to member super. Hello and welcome to Super Talk. Today we're looking at leadership and culture during an incredibly difficult year. For asset managers, it has been vital to maintain good communication and motivation amongst team members to ensure that everything from BAU through to innovation and risk awareness is able to continue despite having our workforces being decentralized. To get an insight into this, we have Alison Hill, Deputy State Chief Investment Officer, and Susan Buckley, Managing Director of Liquid Markets Group from QIC. They'll provide an overview of what their role is and what their teams are responsible for. But more importantly, we're going to see how they have managed their teams during this year to continue getting the best out of them. For both Allison and Susan, the global financial crisis is still fresh in their minds. So they have quite a bit to say about leadership and team management in our current conditions. Yeah, so Alison, do you want to start with a bit of an overview of both your your role and perhaps your team and how it's operating? Yeah, great. Thanks, Tyrell. Um, so my role is I'm the uh, Deputy State Chief Investment Officer at um, in the State Investments Team at QIC. Uh, the State Investments Team is the team that's charged with uh, managing um, the monies on uh, sta- monies on behalf of the state government of Queensland. So we we act as a fiduciary on their behalf, managing multi asset class portfolios, and we're investing. You know, around about fifty billion dollars on behalf of the the Queensland government. Um, so my job is we've got a you know that that's the sole focus of our team, and our job is to uh, really look at uh, thinking, working with our clients to develop asset allocations, um, uh, implement strategies, uh, all designed to achieve the the investment objectives of each of the various uh, clients on, uh, for which we uh, manage the money on behalf of. And Susan, how about yourself? How how do you fit into QIC? Thanks, Tyrell. My role is as Managing Director of the Liquid Markets Group and I'm responsible for the capabilities and the investment processes to deliver the liquid market solutions for our clients and that includes cash, fixed income, overlays such as currency and asset rebalancing overlays, hedging strategies across equity and credit markets as well as the 24-hour global execution capability which supports all these mandates. And, and how do your two roles uh, and teams, I suppose, overlap? How, how, where's, the, where's the join? Uh, so when um, State Investments is looking at, um, inve- inve- you know, making the decisions on how to uh, invest the monies for our, for our clients, uh, we look at uh, both our internal capabilities and, and external capabilities, but we're very, very fortunate to have Susan and her team uh, internally within QIC and uh, you know, they um, are able to provide us, you know, fantastic services across fixed income, credit, uh, overlays and rebalancing, as well as um, we have a lot of conversations about um, things of more of a strategic nature, like, for example, throughout the COVID period and, you know, there's a lot of heightened volatilities, you know, we were regularly liaising with Susan and her team to understand, you know, what were the real-time dynamics in the markets, what markets were functioning, what wasn't functioning, how did we think about that in terms of what you know, risks that might have presented for our portfolios, but also what opportunities might have been present. So it's a really close um, close relationship and very dynamic. So we're very, very fortunate to have them just just down the, down the hallway. Is there anything you'd like to add to that, Susan? Yeah, we overlap in a number of ways, as Alison mentioned, but uh, one that we um, overlap uh, 
most recently is just building solutions for for our our state investment clients. So uh, an example that I can think of more recently is in terms of um, the range of fixed interest solutions that we've been working on for the state investment clients, um, including uh, using our global global credit vehicles to allocate to, to credit through the volatility of the pandemic earlier in the year when we were getting terrific opportunities there. Um, as interest rates have fallen to very low levels, even even uh, sort of negative in many countries, rethinking um, the role of, of sovereign bonds in the portfolio to be as defensive as they can be in more balanced portfolios and really rethinking um, a non-benchmark approach to, to that uh, space. And then more recently, um, working with state investments on allocating capital to the private credit markets, where we've got terrific yields there, as particularly as... Uh, listed market credit spreads have rallied in. We've been able to put some uh, capital to work on behalf of, of the state investment clients, um, really in industries where uh, they're performing well through this COVID environment, particularly in areas like technology or or health services or employment services. Yeah. Okay. So today we're talking, I suppose, leadership and, and culture. So do we want to start off with a bit of, uh, I suppose, uh, we'll start with Alison. How would you describe your leadership styles? I think um, uh, the way I sort of try to approach leadership is to try and be as open, um, as communicative and as transparent as possible. I think, you know, it's really important. I think in doing that, it tries to make a very inclusive culture. I think it's really important and something that's become to me you know, even more apparent through COVID is just the, the value of, uh, of relationships and, and uh, you know, regular, regular communication, transparency of communication. I think COVID had a real potential of, you know, we, we very, very quickly switched from an environment where we're all working within close proximity in the office every day to one where we're at home uh, sort of using technology, which is now pretty familiar with us, but at the time it was all quite new, um, sort of transitioning through to that. And I think that's really, it was um, a really, really quick change. And I think I found that just, you know, across the team, I've got some team members who are, you know, graduates this year through to, you know, team members who've got 20 plus years experience and and what it meant for them in terms of how did we uh, communicate um, across, you know, those more junior members who needed more of that day-to-day guidance uh, versus the more senior members who were certainly capable but certainly wanting to understand, I guess, the strategy and the impact and how, to, how do we sort of continue those, those conversations. Um, so I think, uh, look, I certainly try to be, you know, available, um, very open and transparent, but I think, you know, having distance challenges those types of approaches and so it was a really um you know i certainly had to take stock and go how do we make sure we try and make these environments as much as possible um so you know instituted a different range of meetings uh with with you know certainly the team but then with smaller groups one-on-ones with people on a regular basis to make sure that we could try and have that sort of you know just is there something on your chest is there something we need to talk about because um you know, leadership at the current time as well, it's not just about getting work done. It's also about, you know, the culture. It's also about, you know, sort of the the you know, emotional well-being of, of everyone in the team. You know, there was people who had, um, you know, vulnerable family members. There's people who have young children that were having to homeschool. There was so many different um, circumstances to come across that was also impacting, understandably, you know, sort of your day-to-day um you know, psyche of, of when you get up in the morning, all the things you need to cope with. So juggling all of that was a bit of a, bit of, you know, certainly a lot of a change. And and and, uh, and I think, you know, it was, 
something we really very consciously focused on, um, trying to make sure we try to be, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, have as much human interaction as we could, even if we were doing it via slightly more distant means of, of uh, using cameras. And Susan, how about yourself? How would you describe your leadership style? And then perhaps how, how did that play out in around March, April, where all of the business continuity stuff kind of hit, hit a bit of a wall? Yeah, I think there's some familiar themes there with what um, Alison said. And I think I've, I've referenced or flicked through so many leadership books sitting in airports as we used to do, <laughs> um, as well as through my MBA studies. So I sort of thought deeply about uh, that my style, but I think the best word that describes my style is being more of an authentic leader and, as Alison said, um, being very open and sharing my thoughts and beliefs in approaching uh, my role and then expectations of, of others around and having those honest relationships, um, particularly with my leadership staff, leadership team and staff. So that really came to the fore, I think, through, through the... Um, sort of whole crisis as it unfolded in, in, in March, uh, from March and uh, having that open style and building trust within the team to, to back each other up and as we were working some very long, long days and really uh, had to focus on the communication and building the alignment of in terms of what we needed to achieve day by day and then week by week as we got through, you know, days where we were seeing equity markets sort of up and down 10%. Uh, and, and, you know, everyone was under pressure. So, um, and we all learn as leaders. Um, so I think um, we've been thinking a lot about um, being an uplifting uh, leader, as Alison said, um, there's lots of pressures uh, in, in the current environment. So making sure we're focusing on lifting um, each other's spirits and, and inspiring that passion uh, for work as we sort of sit in our home environments as well and and focus on 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 the the purpose of of our role and our role is very much delivering uh the best solutions we can for our clients so emphasizing as much uh in my leadership role on the inspiration as as well as just the perspiration of all that hard work that that we need to undertake uh in our in our roles so so making sure that the dream or the vision or the sense of direction and purpose is very evident and and then really turning that into to the actions and outcomes. What are some of the biggest risks and impacts that your staff has sort of taken on at, uh, during the time? I think um, uh, so from, from my team's perspective, I think, you know, there was, uh, I think it was actually even though the, the junior staff are probably the ones who were most sort of tech savvy going potentially going into this they were the ones that felt felt the most isolated you know we're having over COVID there was a lot of you know very quick and swift decisions that needed to be made um, to make sure that we were managing the portfolios in light of this extreme market volatility and you know and you know again working with Susan's team was was integral to that Uh, but I think you know that then created a challenge of how do you flow that down to everyone in the team so they sort of they're aware of what's happening. They feel part of the decision and part of the process, um, and they're, you know they're aware of the role that they were playing. And I think that that was a potential risk that you know there was people who could feel, um, particularly the longer that the the lockdown period became, the more sort of sense of distance that was potentially uh, going to emerge. Um, so, and again, I think you know you continue to learn lessons, but that communication was incredibly important. You know, as 
as um, restrictions lifted a little, um, where we were able to get together in small groups, you know, we, we did so uh, to some degree just to really sort of re-establish that personal connection. Um, and I think the other thing that, that we did, which actually I think was a real positive, was, uh, you know, allowed our humanness to sort of be present. You know, we, we found that, you know, and early on in the, the lockdown, if someone had a cat run across the desk or something, that was terrible. But you know, right now it's just, is it great? And you sort of get to know, you get to see the kids running through the background and the all those kind of things that just sort of show that we are all human and that we're all sort of living through this circumstance. And, and that's okay. And we're still we're doing a really, really hard, you know, day's work. In fact, one of the biggest things we had to do is let tell people you have to tools down occasionally. You know, it's a bit hard to sort of separate yourself when you're, when your office is only sort of, you know, in my case, a couple of feet from the from the lounge room. Um, <laughs> so I think there's, you know, some risks of, I guess, um, you know, people sort of becoming too sort of, your world becomes a bit smaller um, when you're sort of living in a confined environment. So really sort of, I think, having that humanness, having that positivity, understanding the greater, you know, the bigger goals, understanding the, you know, the fact that we are a really good team, even though we can't sort of, physically get together too much so I think they were they were really important and again you had to tweak that depending on how you know people's personal situation was whether it be you know they were just a little bit less experienced in the workforce or whether it was perhaps so I had um you know uh, you know perhaps a few more personal matters that were challenging for them you know you know lots of young kids that sort of thing I certainly know I found homeschooling my always very very challenging so I could relate to to what others were going through so I think you know it's really just trying to adapt it's really trying to be um, present and trying to make as much time sort of understand I guess how people are feeling because it is a an evolving and a changing thing and I think the longevity really did change the nature of it as well. Susan how, how did you manage the the potential risk of staff burnout uh, sort of as Alison was saying the the uh, I suppose the setup of people working at home meant perhaps encouraging tools down is quite important. Yes, definitely. Um, so we did after, you know, a couple of months of sort of long days and, and um, you know, a lot of effort, you know, encourage people to just take that day off or that time out, even if it wasn't just a sort of day in loose, so to speak, because in our in our environment, as you can imagine, um, it's, it's very... Um, it's minute by minute in terms of financial markets and, and being very responsive to our clients' needs and in and uh, as well as sort of market opportunities. So so it's sort of very intense um, day to day. So just having some time out and, and some time away from checking those emails and, and markets and so on, um, just to have a bit of a mental mental sort of break um, has been really important for, for our leaders to encourage uh, of our staff members. One of the um, early benefits of actually um, the team coming together on Teams or, or, or sort of these daily meetings and phone calls we're having uh, every every um, every day was was really being inclusive of all the team. So if you sit, think about sitting in the physical environment, um, you know, booking meeting rooms and trying to get a meeting room large enough for 20 people, um, that doesn't really happen. So you, um, what we found is that we were we were over communicating, if you like, um, you know, making sure that everyone knew what was happening um, uh, during the, the busyness of the day and, and sort of allocating tasks and being very aware of, of, of where support was needed. So we don't want to lose, lose that benefit, I think, when, when we inevitably transition back, back to the office in some form. 
um, making sure that we are being very inclusive from the newest member in the team to the oldest because we, we are all learning from each other and and um, even with our client meetings, having a few more uh, of our team members on the calls with clients um, helps everyone learn uh, versus, you know, when we had to get on planes and, and go and visit clients, um, you know, you can only take two or three members, but, you know, having four or five or six members on the call um, really, really does help help um, the learning of, of those discussions. Susan, you just mentioned there uh, something that I was going to ask in a, a later question, but you have timed it nicely. The, the potential transition back to office working. Firstly, do you both want to just run me through what the current situation is uh, at QIC? And then perhaps what, what, what have you learned during this that you're going to be taking back to the office with you? What is there any tools or any processes? Uh, is it something as simple as on Friday mornings we do the quiz in the age? Uh, <laughs> anything and everything. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are there. I think, um, so at the moment we're at a um, 50-50, so 50% from home, 50% in the office. Um, we've got a bit of a, uh, it looks like a very scientific spreadsheet that's trying to work out where we get people rotating through such that we try and get overlap of everyone across the week. Um, it's easier said than done because, uh, you know, we have some um, members who don't, who work at a point, point 0.5 and who work point 0.7 and so trying to make sure that we can get people overlapping in the office and we f- find that's really really important I think I think that human interaction I think that sort of ability to sit down and have a cup of tea and just have a bit of a chat um, is really important the one thing I think you could, we did miss a bit is that sort of you know you run into someone in the kitchen getting a cup of tea and you sort of there was that quick bit of information that was conveyed and um, being at home you don't sort of you know you miss some of that so I think that is really important. So I think there is going to be a continued, in, in my view, role of of an office environment, of that sort of group collegiate outcome. But I think what we've also learned is that, you know, working from home for some people and, you know, well, for everyone is very effective with the technology that we have and for some people is a, is a preference and it's, you know, and it can really be accommodated um, given, you know, I think just how effective this period has been. I think, um, as Susan alluded to, you know, given the markets we're in, we had no choice but to sort of throw ourselves into things, in you know, wholeheartedly, and make sure we did 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 the best for our clients, and and you know, and the fact that we we managed through the period, and and we did, uh, you know, I think get got did get very good outcomes. Sort of demonstrates that you know it is effective. People are productive. Um, so I think there's that sort of. I think going forward, we're likely to see greater flexibility in the in the workforce, and I think that's a good thing. And I think where that helps, um, you know staff retention because it does give them that uh, better work-life balance and that that's okay but again I still think that you know that getting together as a team that sort of you know uh, that sort of face-to-face contact is 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 important so I think we'll um, you know need to keep to keep I guess making sure that that's a that's a priority in terms of our yeah just to take that last point um you know really maximizing the time for collaboration when we are back in the office uh it it was amazing to see uh, the team members, you know, seeing each other after three or four months having not seen each other and, and just, just sort of the energy that uh, we were able to get from, from that. Um, so just not taking that for granted, I guess, anymore, just a face-to-face conversation because I think we, we will be in a world where there will be, we'll take flexibility to another level um, 
you know, where there's no longer this second guessing of whether you're working as hard at home or whether you, versus whether you're in the office. I think that that's well and truly behind us. Um, that we've proven that, uh, you know, the output from home could be even higher, really, because when you get back in the office, there are all those sidebar conversations that do do eat into your productivity. So, um, uh, you know, I think flexibility will go to to another level. Uh, certainly in our team. But then I think um, some of the things we want to keep are really our daily morning meetings are, are just um, really part of our culture and, and um, we'll keep that going whether you're working from home or in the office. Did you? Sorry to break in. Did you have a daily sort of whip around meeting before, prior to the COVID pandemic? I wouldn't say we were had it every day. Um, so this is something that we will institutionalise. Um, we certainly had a daily morning meeting, but now it's even more important um, in terms of what's happening overnight, in terms of markets, how that flows through to portfolios. And then following that, we have a daily portfolio meeting. So that's really where we, um, you know, really assign the priorities for the day or the week and, and what's most important for, for clients and portfolios you know, along with our weekly research and, and strategy meetings and so on. So I think those things are, will really be institutionalised post-COVID. And then even our approach to meetings, if it's an important discussion, will we have half in the office and half on teams? Will that be most effective? Which meeting rooms will we use? Um, so even having that upfront conversation around what would be the best way to approach this discussion, I think will be more thoughtful around that so yeah there are some benefits that we can um, think about in the in the future environment uh, so I've, I've fired quite a few questions at you guys uh in relation to more so your staff and how how they have fared and how you have sort of led through that firstly uh do you just want to get into how you, both of you have remained motivated and i suppose resilient through all of this is there any specific things that you do in order to to do that or any particular insights you can offer there? Um, from from my perspective, I certainly found um, maintaining a bit of a routine was really important. Um, you know, I've always been a person that's, you know, gone for a run or to the gym for sort of first thing in the morning and um, obviously patterns had to change a little bit with, with, with lockdowns of things. Um, but I'd had, I, I realised that, you know, I needed that sort of mental headspace in the morning to get myself going, get a bit of exercise and, um, so then I could sort of sit down. So I think that was really important. I think sort of, um, you know, encouraging the team to do that was really good as well. So we quite early on in the lockdown, we um, had a steps challenge and um, that got a bit of healthy competition going up amongst the team who could get the most steps. And um, tell you what, my uh, I report to Jim Christensen and he's a, he's a, he's a mean stepper. He did very, very well. Um, but I think that was great. And I think people came out and said, actually, no, that was really good. It was good to breathe, you know, get to move. So we did things like walking meetings. So um, it's really important to have cameras a lot. And we've really tried to use that. But for some meetings, we went, no, it's okay. Let's, you can get on your phone. You can just walk around your neighbourhood and um, and still communicate, but sort of get some steps under under underfoot. So that was really good. So I think those things are important. I think they're really good for your, for your mental health. Um, we've also been very, very lucky at QIC. I think our HR team, has been very focused on the wellness of, of all of the staff and they've, um, you know, we have a, a fortnightly um, um, sep- uh, webinar with a, a health expert um, relaying both the facts and also um, on, on COVID and so and also just, I guess, ways to try and manage through. And then there's also been a lot of, 
a lot of um, focus on things like you know mental mental and emotional well-being, how to work from home, um, tips and things that have been you know provided to all staff. And I think a lot of people have really sort of found that very advantageous because you know there there it is it is difficult. It is a very big change and it is very quick. Um, and I think you know there was a lot of people uh, you know at, at different times um, have had you know issues with that. So I think um, for me, yeah, the routine and the fitness. Um, I love, you know, communicating with my team, so I'm really lucky. So I sort of, you know, jump on the phone and keep chatting to people, just checking in how they are um, and, you know, very and you know, at the same time that allows you to have that conversation and sort of that personal interaction. And I think they're the ways to sort of keep you up, upbeat and fit. And, um, and you know, and, and, and the flip side from a work perspective is that while, um, you know, the, the markets are very, very difficult but it's, you know, it's as an investor it's you know it's sort of engrossing in terms of what's happening and and trying to you know put the pieces of the puzzle together and try and make sure you get that right outcome so um there's some very long days that pass very quickly i really can't believe that we're in spring already um but uh, hopefully that means we're getting closer towards um coming out the end of this sort of covid period and susan how about yourself how have you maintained your resilience through this yeah, I you know, I agree with Alison. Those those early days they went very quickly. I I would have normally been driving into work um, uh, pre pre the sort of COVID work from home crisis, and um, I felt like every day I was sort of sitting in my chair and sort of putting the seatbelt on and sort of here we go because it was sort of action packed uh, through the day. Um, you know whether it was market action and and or sort of client conversations and or portfolio uh, risk discussions and so on it was it was you know extremely full-on so it was really important uh, um, having family around and and at that time uh, with with the kids at home um, I've got one at school and one at university so having them at home was great um, for us all to get out at the end of the day or at some stage um, and and sort of do some exercise um, running or those Sarah Day gym classes or whatever my kids got me to do. Uh, so <laughs> um, that was, you know, a great break from just the pressure of, of what was going on in, in markets and the team. And, yeah, trying to sort of continue that, that um, you know, ability just to, to take that time out, whether it's exercise or just spending spending time um, doing non-work stuff on weekends. So just maintaining um, a bit of re- uh, balance uh, is really important. But I think getting through uh, these types of periods, um, you know, you, you just you just draw on your professionalism. You know, these are we we've trained for these types of events. We've been through the GFC and well, I have, and and through many crises and. Um, you've, you've just got to draw on those, those professional skills that you have and, and, and ensure that, you know, those in your team uh, are faring as well as they can as well. And, and um, in our teams, we have a range of skills, whether it's uh, risk management, trading, um, strategy skills. And it was, it was you know, really um, pleasing to see, you know, just, just everyone in the team play their role and perform um you know, to the best of their ability, uh, using skills that they've acquired through through their careers um, to 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 perform as well as they could, um, and and deliver for the clients. So, so um, yeah, yeah, it's um, just sort of maintaining that balance and and um, stay calm. 
You, you spoke a little bit about strengths and attributes there, which is really interesting. Is there anything either have you have seen come to the fore throughout this whole year uh, that, that you were maybe unaware of that existed in your team in terms of the strengths and skills and attributes? Uh, I think, I, look, I, look, I've been really actually really heartened by the, um, you know, the, the, the humanness that I think the team has shown for each other. I think, you know, there's definitely this recognition that, that some people have got a, you know, a more difficult family situation um, because of, you know, young children or, or perhaps unwell family members and, and, you know, and just the fact that we're all there sort of supporting each other and, and, and being there for each other. I really encourage the team to, to have those, try and have those sort of kitchen tea chats but over teams, um, you know, call in, just have a chat. It doesn't have to be about a specific work question. It can just be saying, how's it going? How's everything? You're feeling stretched? How's life? You know, um, all that sort of stuff. You know, I think so that's that's been really, you know, really important. I think I've been really impressed that they've done that. And I think along with that, I've seen a lot of the team really sort of um, really trying to take leadership roles and trying, you know, to to build other people up in terms of saying, right, well, this is a way you could focus on things or this is a challenge you could take on, you know, because they don't have that, you know, because we're not all in the office and they're sort of not, you know, there's a lot of conversations that happen just around the desks and so there's a lot of impasse knowledge that way and also learning you take on that way. And if you're, you know, at your desk and you haven't, um, like, you know, Susan said, I've, I was... Uh, I guess fortunate in many respects to have worked through the GFC because, and I say fortunate because I learnt an incredible amount about, you know, how you can sort of try and manage your way through this. But when you're forced with this sort of circumstance and you haven't done it before and you're sitting at home and at your desk, um, so I just think that sort of, that sort of everyone trying to work together, everyone lifting themselves up, everyone sort of going at the end of the day, what matters is we've got to do the best for our clients. And there was just that, that really shone through, and so that was, I found that very you know, really, really warming and really heartening and really sort of, I guess I think it's built a lot of sort of team camaraderie, which I'm, I'm really sort of really, you know, actually really, really pleased with. Yeah, I'd just sort of highlight perhaps reflecting just the diversity of the team in terms of the the age and the gender and the skill set, just the creativity of the team. Um, one example would be how we onboarded two new staff members uh, who who uh, were hired from interstate locations. And I wouldn't have thought that would have been possible uh, a few years ago. So just the creativity of having, you know, the person or um, our technology guys deliver the technology to the houses and then how we did the online training and how we recorded the sessions and then that helped uh um, teach the the second person and 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 you know just the creativity around that whole process I, was just just one example that just reminds you of just just the just the power of, of individuals in the team and what they can come up with in 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 more challenging times. That's all for this edition of the Super Talk podcast. A very big thank you to Alison Hill and Susan Buckley from QIC for their time and insights today, and to all at QIC who helped to bring this episode together. Until next time, bye for now.